podcast is to discuss meaningful topics and issues from a lens of two Khmeragin sisters and other diverse community leaders. Today's topic is Home Away From Home, Stories of International Students in the U.S. with Jan Dung and Hao. Welcome back to our podcast. We are your two American sisters, Jasmine and Melissa, and we are excited to welcome two special guests with us today. Jan Dung Sum is from Cambodia and is currently an international student living with her sister in Texas. She's currently studying hospitality in college. There have been instances of racism that she has had to deal with during her time in the States. Um, but we are proud to hear that she has graduated from high school in Arizona in 2019, regardless of these barriers. During her free time, Jan Dung enjoys watching movies, listening to music, and drawing. Hao Dang was born and raised in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Hao moved to the United States as an international student after finishing high school in Cambodia. His greatest accomplishment is starting the Asian Student Association in Normandale Com Community College, and his hobbies include spending time with family, playing basketball, and photography. Both of these amazing individuals have submitted a features blog on our website where you can learn more about their stories. So you can check out Jan Dung's sister's car business on Facebook mm -hmm. and also house photography and podcast work um, at, on his Instagram handles. Yeah, hi everyone. My name is Jan Dung Song. I'm 18 years old, currently living in Texas with my sister. And thank you like to our American sister for like inviting me and having me here. Yep. Of course. It's a great We're honor. <laughs> and Jandung actually came up with this idea. So she actually reached right. out to mm -hmm. us and wanted to hear about our experiences and compare that with her Cambodian experiences growing up. So thank you for reaching out. This is a really cool yep. idea. Yeah, yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, my name is Tao. I just turned uh, 21 10 days ago. Um, oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a full-time student, a part-time communication and content creator, um, and nice. also uh, doing a lot of street photography and portrait photography. And then thank, thank you guys for having me. Uh, I'll do my best to share my experience and let's, let's get the podcast going. Yeah, we're looking forward to hearing from you both. And <laughs> yeah. wow, you, you're both our pawns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just so impressed already, you know, <laughs> just to be in your presence because you seem like very ambitious individuals. So we okay. look forward to hearing more Thank from you. you. Yeah. yeah. So we'd love to learn about your experiences growing up and getting to where you are today. So we were born in America. And we are curious to know how life is like back in our family's homeland. All that we heard growing up was our family's stories. So we would love to hear from you, the youth, and how, like, how the reality is like over there. So, um, Jandung, can you go first? So what was it like being born and growing up in Cambodia, in Khmer? Yeah, so I was raised in Phnom Penh, just like how, yep. And... <laughs> I think like the neighbor there is like kind of crowded, like the house compared to like in the United States. Like people don't like near each other, like the house like have a big more, more area. But compared to Cambodia, it's crowded. And for I think the transportation in Cambodia is like easier, like compared to like US because we had a lot of like tuk tuk, like gray pass app and like motor, we can drive motor, but I don't really like usually see it in like in the United States people don't like 
mm-hmm. usually like drive motor yeah people yeah. only like drive car yeah, oh, yeah and things so are true. so far away from each other too and in Cambodia what kind of things did you like to do or how was school like over there um uh, school is yeah. like different like so my high school like we only had to stay in one class but the teacher like they come and teach us like different teacher but in like United States we have to walk from one class to another class mm. and yeah but I like how like in United States they have like the elective class for us to choose in Cambodia, we don't really like have it that much. We only focus okay. on what like we have to study and they go on the schedule. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And like, how is it like, I don't know, I just have so many questions. <laughs> like, what does your family do for fun? Like, where do you like oh. to go? Like, do you go yeah. to the mall or do you go have a picnic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, or are these like- American things? <laughs> It's kind of similar to, okay. and we usually go to the countryside, like Kung Fung Sound, Siem Reap, stuff like that. Yeah, and we go to watch movie like during like Saturday or Sunday. But if we have like a big holiday, like my holiday, we usually go out like, to the countryside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. Is that where your family's from in the countryside? Uh, my dad and my mom is from Kung Fung Sound. Okay. Yeah, Kung Fung Thanks for sharing. So we drive there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and what are the views like there? The yeah there's a lot of trees it's like rural area yeah okay yeah, yeah. some nice. places don't even have like electricity yet mm. mm-hmm. that's yeah. so peaceful and calming to go yeah, yeah. It's peaceful. yeah how about for you how how is it like being born and growing up in cambodia um so born and raised in Phnom Penh, uh and i, I only moved to around tukok area around 2015 before I live around the Kandao market area, around the riverside. Uh, so uh, I think there are lots more transportation choices for sure mm-hmm. in Cambodia compared to the United States. Uh, I think from sea clothes, you know, the famous sea clothes, to yeah. Matotok, uh, to Tok um, So with a bunch of transportation choices for sure. Um, around, but around the Kandao market area, it's more crowded because it's, mm-hmm. it's market area. So. I think and everyone is kind of like we know each other. So I know my neighbors, we know our neighbors. That's nice. Uh, comparing, comparing to the United States, it's just yeah. like, you know, in the morning I would go back, I would go to my college back home and then in the evening and pretty much like back and forth, back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the experience here in Cambodia, it's more just like we are more close niche. So, mm-hmm. so, so everyone kind of like, hey, neighbors, hey there, hey this, hey that. So um, it's more, it's, yeah, it's more, close as in like and then we have more transportation choice for sure and then Ciclo is just one of the things that are really memorable uh, when during my childhood um, taking that to school taking that around the market um, and then so it's been it's been a I've been blessed I've been fortunate to 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 been born in, the, in a, uh, a supportive family too so mm-hmm. yeah my childhood so far growing up in Cambodia definitely a, a really fun really exciting and memorable with all mm-hmm. the uh, the memories around the the Kandal market uh, and around the the Riverside area. Oh, how fun! Yeah, that sounds mm-hmm. great to have a community. And I yeah. agree. That's one thing that's not really nice about the United States is that we don't know our neighbors, and people yeah. are like to themselves, mm-hmm. and that can feel really lonely. And especially in college, I feel like at the beginning yeah. of the quarter, you can make friends, and then after that, people just go to their own like spot and. Like everyone's so focused on their own thing. So yeah. that sounds nice. I'm glad that you grew up in that kind of space. 
Yeah. Yeah. And how did you both learn English? Was it from school? Yeah, it's from school. Yeah. And I think my school, like, uh, they include, like, Western, include, like, both English and Khmer, so oh. that like, yeah. the kid can learn English. Since wow. it's, like, one of, like, the world, like, communication. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Same. Same. I've been, I've been learning mm-hmm. English for, for since young. It's always going to be, like, English half day. We do, like, half day, half day school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what I did was what, half day, half day English, half day Chinese, and then wow, evening school for, like, Cambodian tutor for for so which keep on so it's ever since I'm 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 young it's always gonna be like come on, uh English Chinese come on, English Chinese come on. so uh since so it's been a long time so it's been quite mm. long that's impressive yeah then now I don't know <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand. Well, we both. No, no, no. Your pronunciation <laughs> is good. Like your pronunciation oh, yeah. is clear. Yeah. Yeah. We just copy our parents. But yeah, young, just that. But yeah. they, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're working on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And shout out to David. We've been taking a Khmer language class, so it's never too late to learn so we want to try yeah, it's never too late to yeah. learn that's exactly. right yeah. <laughs> all right next question well thank you again for for sharing what it was like growing up and i've been to cambodia twice but jasmine has never been yeah and we want to go with our mom and our other sister next year hopefully you know yeah. everything will be back to normal yeah. um by next year and if we do go, how we're gonna come by? Yeah, no. <laughs> we'll take you on the sea floor. We'll take you on the oh, sea floor. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So for the next set of questions, we want to learn what it was like when you studied abroad here in the U.S. So what were your initial thoughts? Like, did you have any culture shocks? What was your experience like coming to the United States for the first time? I would say, I, it's, I think it's, a, it's, it's definitely a really, really big culture shocking. I, I think as mentioned earlier, how I miss, I, I do miss the community, the neighbor, the close neighbor um, back home. I think it, that, that's one thing that's pretty hard to adjust to. Kind of like, kind of go in, do my thing and then come yeah. back to college and then kind of like back and forth but and all day doing the same thing yeah. and then also i think the weather the weather some the weather in minnesota is cold oh. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so i've only been to minnesota <laughs> once but i know it's pretty hot. rough winters right oh yeah it's really it's, cold. Yeah, so what was oh. like the first time when it was winter yep right you ever have the, the right clothes <laughs> I, I I do I do I do got a, a sweater like hoodie you know it's like ah uh, you know what I like cold so you know it's gonna be fine oh it's no good. that's not little, enough <laughs> little did I know little did I know <laughs> and then it's my first time seeing snow too it's my first time seeing wow. snow so it's it's, wow. it's really it's a wow it's like the first two weeks it's like whoa hold on it's, this is fun you're like, uh, <laughs> like but then when it like, freezes mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, like do you doing snowballs? You don't need any fridge. You got a big fridge outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but after two weeks, after two weeks, that's when kind of like no way, come on, like yeah, you got it's like it's gotta go. No to go. There's nowhere to go. You got, you got to stay inside the house. There's nowhere to go. Sometimes there's like really heavy snowstorms that mm. you cannot go anywhere. And then because wow. it's too cold, 
the skin could get dried up. So it get mm-hmm. bleed sometime. It could bleed sometime. You had to put on really lots of gels, a lot of. Wow, um, that's intense. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I think if that's the weather will be something that I find it quite hard to adjust from a really hot country to like really mm-hmm. cold out of out of a blue. So yeah. like the weather, the community, and then the culture. I think it's it's. I love the United States in the sense that it's really diverse, really diverse, really lots and lots of culture from different countries, from different, <laughs> and then all, you know, all trying, like seeing different perspective, you know, chasing the American dreams and everything like that. Um, but it's really, really beautiful to see all people coming together um, in the United States for sure. So that's, aside from the weather, aside from like the, 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 the neighbors, you know, like the, this lifestyle, I think what I really appreciate lots of, of America is, is the diversity and culture. Yeah, th- those are really interesting points you brought up. How like I never realized how like our lifestyle in the U.S. how we're not as like close knit with other groups or communities because mm-hmm. we are kind of I don't know what the word is, Jasmine. Maybe you know uh, like individualism <laughs> or we're just we we are so used to doing things on our own. Yeah, like we're so independent. Like even now, I'm living by myself and we hardly see our families. Like we only see our families during the holidays and that's like a couple times a year. And that's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with COVID, it yeah. made it worse. So we didn't see each other as much. So yeah. yeah, it's hard to make time. And I think it's because we're so far away from each mm-hmm. other. So it's yeah. hard to, and then traffic too. I don't oh, know how yeah. traffic's like where you are, but yeah. <laughs> same. And also like at universities, mm-hmm. um, I found a sense of belonging when there was a Khmer student club at my university. I don't know so, if that was available in Minnesota. I don't even know what part. No, how <laughs> made you his own Oh, you made how your own? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always seek for the sense of community. So one time, mm-hmm. funny, funny stuff. Uh, so I love to play basketball, right? So I went <laughs> to the, 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 community, the community basketball court. And then one time I was like, sawing the one guy just like playing basketball. He was wrapping like Cambodian shirts. I was like, oh. yeah, it must be Cambodian. I was like, <laughs> I, I, let's play ball together and then and then I was like wait hold on I saw you wearing some Cambodian t-shirts on your you know on, on your on your t-shirts is it a, are you Cambodian and it's like hell yeah man and then we're like yo man like but he's not he's not he's not born Cambodia Cambodia he's born and raised in the United States oh, but he's from Cambodia yeah. But it's like, that's the first time I've seen Cambodians like playing basketball together. It's like, wow. yo, man, we're going to be FF now, you know? That's how it is. When we see another Khmer person, we're like, yeah! yeah or we're like, we get so excited. Come here, come here. We're like... But when we can understand them, like eavesdropping, <laughs> listening to their conversation. Yep. Yeah. So yep. how then you and your friend made the club together? Oh, uh, so the, the Asian Student Association. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, so, so it started with so it started with myself. It started uh, at my last semester of college. It started with the idea of like, hold on, you know, being an international student, it's so hard. It's it's always, I don't yeah. see people. I don't I don't see people that look the same like me. I don't see people that's like, speak the same language like I do either. So it's like I always try to seek for that sense of family, the sense of community that I have back home. So it's like how can I create that in my college, and being my being experienced in like like the president of a student board that kind of like gave me a, like the, 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 the confidence to create, okay, you know what, I would like to create a sense of community, a sense of what's that, 
I call it Asian Student Association, where people can come and then get, get, they could feel a sense of family, a sense of like, oh, you're now a part of, you know, like it, it's a community now. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really, really trying to recreate that feelings of family that, that I have back home and then bring that experience back to uh, the clubs. So That's amazing. You created your own community for other people too. Yeah. Yeah. And is it still going right now? Is it still? Right now it's still running. It's still, wow, it's still nice. Running. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess the lesson there is, you know, if you don't see something available, yeah. you know, it doesn't hurt to try and create something new to mm-hmm. fill that gap, that need. Yeah, Chandong, what was your experience like when you first came to America? Yeah, so when I first like got here, so I have like my other friends, like Cambodia friends. There's like a group of us and we do like an exchange program to our school. And we were like planned to go to the same school. So we apply for the same district. And in that district, they have like two high school. And I'm the only one that got like different from them. So I was like, why? And I, I tried to ask my coordinator, like she said, oh, because like your host family, like living in the area that I have to go to that school. Oh. So I was like, oh, okay. And then I mentioned about like being like got like like racism. Uh, so during my mm-hmm. first day, like a uh, freshman orientation. Mm-hmm. So like I go with my host sisters and like we attend the same school. And then like I introduce myself. Oh, hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. And I'm from like Cambodia. And then mm-hmm. after I said that, I was like kind of left out, you know, like they were only like mm. talk like like with a group of their people. I was like, I was kind of shocked. And then when yeah. I got home, I tried to talk with my like my coordinator, like, oh, I can't do this. Can yeah. I change school? Yeah, Aww. because like I miss my friend. Yeah. And she said, uh, why don't you try like for one or two weeks first? Because like it's hard to like change all the things because I might have to change a whole family too. So then mm. I try like get through it and yeah, I make some friends and mm. I saw okay. like other international students, but they're like from Vietnam. Okay. I try to find Cambodia, but yeah. there's none, like there's only Vietnam people. Very little. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. Like, so sorry that happened. You know, and yeah. if we were there, we'd be friends with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I think all of that. So that's kind of like the realities yeah. of living in the U.S. as a yeah. minority. Because we, yeah. even though we were born here, we still face the same issues, yeah. like yeah. needing to assimilate, right. needing to fit in with other, with like the mainstream yeah. groups. Yeah. yeah, I was like expect like oh like like in the movie you know when we watch the movie yeah like they were yeah. like welcome and after they asked about it they kind of like love so I was like oh yeah well that's rude okay. you don't want to be friends oh. with them anyway yeah. <laughs> yeah but I'm glad you made friends you know that's not easy and but there are still like yeah. some nice people like not yeah. all people are the same mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that you were able to finish and stay. And yeah, and, and I, when I was in college, I would see the international students, and yeah. I would think about how like they had to leave their homes to get here and start over, and that's a lot of pressure and a lot of things to to yeah. worry about. Yeah. With the time difference, like oh yeah, that too. Yeah, I get so sleepy during my class. <laughs> oh, no. I feel bad. I feel bad to my teacher. <laughs> I'm like sitting in front of him, and I'm like like this. And that's okay. It's not your. It's not that your class is full. It's just my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel bad. It's your body. <laughs> yeah. Well, our next part of the question is interesting. So, how do you view us Asians or Khmer Americans in the United States? So, 
like maybe you could think about before you came here, how did you think we were? Um, and after getting to know us in the United States, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Can we have Jen Doon go first? Uh, so I think yeah. it's the same. I, I think that like you guys might be like nice, welcoming because like we like the same race, you know. And I can see that like there's a lot of nice like Asian people here, like in TikTok, especially because there are a lot of like Asians. Yeah, and they're okay. like very like welcoming and especially mm -hmm. when I go to the store, they will like try to talk and give us some like free stuff, you know, like, you yeah. <laughs> oh, you want that? Like, oh, <laughs> nice. Yep. yep. And yeah. I see a lot like more Asian people in TikToks compared to Arizona. Yep. Oh, okay, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, like we have not really lived anywhere else in besides Washington State. Yeah, we uh, grew up here and we yeah. never lived anywhere else. Yeah. But I did visit um, a Midwestern state, mm -hmm. Illinois. And I had completely oh. different experience, like hardly any Asians. So I didn't feel like I fit yeah. in and it just made me feel uncomfortable. Um, but I definitely uh, see how welcoming the environment is when you're surrounded by people who are like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think. And you feel safe and you like you belong. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about for you, how do you think yeah, what do you think about us, like, not being able to speak, speak Mai that well? <laughs> you know, things like that, you know? You can be real, it's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, like, yeah, like, what was your impression of yeah, Americans? Us. Yeah, Americans. Ooh, before ooh, coming okay. here. All right, all right. Um, ooh. Let's see. Um, I, think, I think before, before, going, before yeah. going to the United States, I, was, I think I wasn't too appreciative of my americans i was like okay. oh okay so now they come in the country you know just another, just another but until i've been in the united states for some time so that's become when i grew more appreciation of my americans especially the fact that they really try to be really really try to bring out the Khmer in them you know i mean like the, i mean like being like really want to showcase what deep down we all come in and we, they really want to show it in a like in met in different ways in many like creative ways could be through like oh you know being on top of the school or could be like through music could be through playing really basketball through it and i feel like they really feel proud and then that then i see that and become we really, i become really 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 appreciative of of like wow it's like we 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 come out at the end of the day but because we live in different countries, but we all kinds of like bond Cambodian. We all speak at least some sort of Cambodian. So, um, so it's really, really. I grew my 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 sense of appreciation when I stay and live and and surrounded by all uh, my Americans. Thanks for sharing mm -hmm. that. It's true. Like we might not be like we might have not grown up in Cambodia, but we still appreciate it. And yeah. as we've gotten older, we want to learn more and. I feel like in our family, it's going to be lost if we don't practice Khmer, if we don't learn Khmer. Oh, so we're yeah. trying to like get back to that. Um, yeah, so thank you for sharing that and thanks for being open because I feel mm -hmm. like if I was born in Cambodia, I would be kind of critical about Khmer yeah. Americans, you know. It's like you're Khmer, but then you're not. It's like, it's confusing um, to be Khmer Are you, are you Khmer enough? Is that, is yeah, that, you yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> How do you believe we can bridge the gap between Khmer people and the Khmer diaspora? So growing up, we learned firsthand from our families when they survived and escaped during the Khmer Rouge. 
So like our mom left when she was very young. Um, and like when we were growing up, she would cry about it. Like they wouldn't talk much about it. We would watch the movies and read books and learn about what happened. Um, and I think like learning about the tragedy made us feel kind of helpless. Like we wanted to help Cambodia, but we're also dealing with things in America and like, yeah, it's just hard. It was like a disconnect growing up because our parents were kind of scarred from the events. And like, I think through all of that, that's why I kind of pushed my culture away. Like I didn't want to speak the language or I didn't want to learn more because I felt more American. So I'm just, we're just curious to know, um, how can we bridge that gap between Khmer people and the Khmer diaspora? So does that mean should, do you think all Khmer Americans should go to Cambodia? Um, what do you think they could do here to keep the culture alive? So it's kind of like a big question. So what, what's your advice on how we can come together? Um, because we're, we have such different experiences, right? Living in different countries. So I know yeah, that's a and big then, question. And also the Khmer diaspora. I just learned of that term. I never knew what it was, but it just means us Cambodians like spread out throughout the world. Like oh. I didn't even know there were Cambodian <laughs> in Australia, in like France, Australia, oh, yeah. in like Germany. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. So yeah, it's just really interesting. And like, how do you think we can come together? Yeah. And like teach one another, maybe like an example mm. is like this podcast. Social media is like a big part of the world. Yeah, just like what we do now. Like I try to like text you guys, like should we do this? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> should, yeah. And uh, just like what, uh, how do like, trying to create the like community at school stuff like that i think it's also a good idea like so that like we can reach out to other like cambodia students because like we can't tell like just by their face like oh yeah. is she from cambodia or is she like where is she from like that <laughs> so i think yeah it's a good idea like if we do like how what what how did yeah <laughs> so reaching out and yeah. building community yes. yeah yeah and I wish when I was in college that I joined the Khmer Student Association, but I ran out of time because I oh. did a program in high school where I took college classes. So I didn't have enough time, but, but once I, I volunteered for the KHSA and it was really welcoming and I wish I had known about that earlier. Oh. Um, yeah, but how, yeah. what do you think? How can we connect and heal as Khmer people? Um. I would say your podcast right now is like already a really big help. It's like it's already bridging people from different countries, bridging my identity. It's more using of using your strengths and your talents. I mean, in my sense, I, I do lots of storytelling and I do a lot of photography. So I kind of use that to be my bridge for my Khmer identity. And then to also showcase to my my other fellows, like American friends, be like, oh, here, this is what you know, Cambodians about through my photography, through storytelling, um, or either way, people like you know, like a lot of mom, you know, like or oh, the lot of mom, the the the, the um, they 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 bridge the Khmer identity with musics, you know, with um, so there are many different ways, but I think if you play to your strength and your talents. Um, and then use that to to showcase the beauty of Cambodia in you know, you know in a, a, a very useful ways. I think that's that's how you could bridge the Khmer identity for sure. Thanks for sharing. That was beautiful. 
And that's true. We're seeing a lot of different Khmer businesses, Khmer American businesses in food and even hair care and fashion and like crafts and a lot of different things are showing up. And I think you spoke to it earlier, you saw someone wearing a Cambodian shirt. I feel like I've been seeing a lot more Cambodian fashion, like people oh, feeling yeah. pride in being Khmer, no matter like where they were born or like how quiet they are, you know, they are proud of like where they came from, where their family came from. So thank you for sharing that. That was a big question. What do you appreciate most about our Khmer people in Khmer community? Do you appreciate our resilience, our love for family, for food, for community? Um, can we go to Chandung? Yeah, uh, I think I would appreciate like their love for family. Because, yeah, just like uh, what we said earlier, like people are like usually close to each other, not like like what like America, like sometimes when kids like turn 18, they will move out like from their yeah. parents. But yeah, but in Cambodia, like we still stay close to each other. Even like we have kids, like the grandparents, they raise the, like the, their grandchild, their baby, stuff like that. I feel like there's more closeness like compared to like America. Mm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, That's I really me. like that. That's something that I appreciate about our Khmer culture too, is yeah. how it's normal for us to live with our family members. Mm -hmm. Like, I think typical Americans, usually like when you're 18, you get kicked out of the house and then yeah, you never go. live with your parents or grandparents <laughs> so again. But young. for us, I think that's something, even though we're Americans, we still adopt that part of the culture. Because yeah. Jasmine, she lived with me for a little bit until she was ready to go on her own. Yeah, and Yay watched us. Well, I was the youngest. Mm -hmm. so Yay watched me during the summertime and yeah. took care of all of us when and we I, were young. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I don't mind living with my ma and pa. Like, I don't mind living with them. Because, yeah. you know, we're all supposed yeah. to take care of each other. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah, I really like that. Well, I love that. I think I could add on to that, too, something that I, I, uh, the family, the family, the, the close families, I think it's something that I really appreciate, especially in Asian culture and in Cambodia too. Like, I think because until until we moved to the United States, that's when we were like, oh, okay, that's, oh, you're 18 and you move away now. I was like, oh, I'm 18. I'm still, you know, I'm still staying with family. And, and I used to feel like it's it's bad, you know, it's bad. It's fearful to be like, oh, it's, it's you know, staying with families and stuff like that because they were like, aren't you independent? Aren't you 18? You know, aren't you grown enough already? You know, like, and then, but what, what they don't realize is how appreciative that is for our families and then to us and then to also creating that warmth feelings, you know, and like, we all just like supporting each other. It's not just like me and you, it's more like together we're inside this and we'll, we'll, we'll get it through. Um, I think that's what's one, one thing I really appreciate about the Cambodian culture on top of like, I think Cambodian is big on artistics, being on creativity. Um, I think a recent Wanda music, the Time to Rise is a really, really good one. Oh yeah, back. love it. Yeah, but, oh, yeah. I've been um, watching that. So I think it's, it's something that like, whoa, hold on, that's that's some really, really cool stuff. And then combining mm -hmm. the old tradition with the, the new tradition and then still making it really trendy, still making it really cool. It blows yeah. everywhere. So it's like, wow, it's just like something that's like, hold on, you know, Cambodia, it's, 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 we may, may be small, but we, we still rising now. We, we, we still be going mm -hmm. on our way. So it's still, um, that's, that's something that I really appreciate about Cambodia, you know, the creativity, the artistics, 
um, maybe the underdog, but who knows in a few years, could be, you know, sent out. Yeah, who knows? Small but mighty. Small but mighty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we are a mighty community because yeah. as soon as we made our Instagram, a lot of people were like, oh, Kamai, and they started to follow yeah, us. Follow. I don't know if you guys know <laughs> the story about our Instagram. We so I set it I set up the Instagram before I even told Jasmine and I set it up and I'm like Jasmine um hey I started our Instagram let's look at it in a couple of weeks you know and then we can start planning for it and the people started following us and we're like oh my gosh uh, they haven't even planned out our content yet <laughs> nice. yeah, it's amazing to see the support from our community it is yeah yeah and this podcast episode is a way that we can connect um, as well as the Instagram. So I'm wondering, do you have any questions for us as Khmer Americans or even to each other, like while we're all together? Um, so anyone can share out if you have any questions, either to me and Melissa or maybe uh, to each so, other since you so connected I'll, a little bit. Yeah, so I was wondering like, do you guys in the future, do you guys want to live in Cambodia or not? Like, mm -hmm. or still want to stay in the US? Mm -hmm. like, you want to go first Melissa? Yeah. yeah so before I probably wouldn't have considered it mm. but now I think I I probably would consider it I guess depending on the development and the progress in Cambodia um, for me when I visited I had great experiences like memorable positive experiences visiting our family on both sides, but I also dealt with some scary situations too, yeah. where yeah. I almost fell for like organized crimes. And it was just really hard for me to like overcome that experience. Like I saw so many kids, so many poor kids who are homeless. And for me, like I always want to help. Every time I visit, it makes me really sad. Um, but I think mm -hmm. if money wasn't an issue, I would dedicate my life you know to, to helping underprivileged communities and I think in the future I probably would consider you know living yeah. or like retiring <laughs> there um, it's, it's just hard because yeah. like with the issues living in America like having to take care of our family yeah um, and being the oldest child in the family I feel like I have to take care of my family like my parents and grandparents like financially so then mm -hmm. I never thought about myself and what I wanted more people our age are considering that. Like I see a lot of Cambodian Americans, Cambodian Australians, like yeah, yeah, living yeah. there. Yeah, so yeah, I'm warming up to the idea. <laughs> what about you, <laughs> For me, it's hard. It's not because I don't like Cambodian, but just that like I'm, I'm a teacher here and I'm used to like how things are. And I just like, I'm in my third year of teaching. So I envision myself staying here um, so that I can help the kids here. Um, but I would love to visit like regularly. And now that I'm a teacher, I get the summers off so I, or winter break off. So I'm thinking like once things are better, like I can visit more often. Um, so we plan to go with Matt and Jessica, who's our other sister and Melissa. Um, but yeah, it's hard to think about moving at all, like even to another state because my boyfriend's family lives here and then our family lives here. But maybe in the future, future when we don't have to worry about our family here, maybe we can consider. Um, but I think I want to visit first and see and get to know, yeah. I and also wait, fresh up I on my client. the day that Jasmine visits. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's yeah, just I'm like excited. really 
kind of more slowed down, like more relaxed. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. just it's such a different experience. Sometimes yeah. I think about what if our family never left? You know, like how would life be different if we lived there? So I'm sure I'll reflect a lot about that when I go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, envisioning mm-hmm. myself <laughs> as a true client. Yeah, thanks for the question. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> Thank you. You put us on the spot. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep in contact and see in the future. Yeah. <laughs> How about for you? How do you have questions for us or for Jandung about um, you know? I know. I'll be, I'll be interested <laughs> to see you guys. What What's your guys' thoughts on what What's one thing you guys wish? Yeah, you can tell your younger self. Mm. Like, should it be Kamai related or just in general in life? As in, like, uh, as in, like, uh, yeah, like, could be Kamai related, could be, uh, you know, connecting to, to the Kamai identity. What, what's one thing that you can wish you can tell to, like, you know, younger Melissa, younger Jasmine, you know, younger yeah. you know? <laughs> What's one thing you could be like, tell your younger self? That's a really great question. Yeah, that is. You both are great. <laughs> <laughs> As far as our Kamaya culture, I think I would tell my younger self, just speak it. And it's okay if you don't speak it right. Because I think our, I don't know if our, if your elders are like that in Cambodia, but our elders here, if you didn't say something right, they would kind of shame you or like say some, like criticize you. So it just made me feel like, okay, like if I speak my, they can't understand me or they don't like it. So then I'm just not going to speak it. And I just felt self-conscious because I think I wanted to learn, but with that response, I just, over time, just stopped speaking Khmer back. And I think our parents gave up as well. Like after a while, they were like, okay, we're just gonna, we can speak Khmer to the kids, but they can respond to us back in English. And I wish I could have shown more interest as a kid. And I did, I mean, whenever someone talked about Cambodia, whenever we had like a project at school where we could write about a country like I always chose Cambodia I always got excited when I saw Cambodian like a booth at the multicultural night you know so when I would see things I would get excited but I think I wish I could have told my parents how much I wanted to learn because now as an adult it's harder to learn the language I know it's possible but it's hard when we're not surrounded by a lot of Khmer people through this podcast and Instagram, we've been able to meet new people. So hopefully after this pandemic, we can meet people and be able to have more Khmer friends. Cause I think that was my struggle yeah. growing up. Cause we grew up in a lot of white communities um, and the Asian friends that I did have were Vietnamese or like Korean, you know, they were not, or Chinese, they were not Khmer and that was hard. So I guess I wish I could have spoke Khmer more and like, I think when we would when we would go to the temple, our parents didn't really explain what the monks were saying, or they wouldn't really explain like the traditions. Like they would tell us, put some rice in the pot, you know, oh, <laughs> or like yeah, yeah. satu, you know. Like they would tell <laughs> us things, but they wouldn't explain it. So I wish I asked more questions and took more interest. But as an adult now, like I don't know if I'll have kids in the future, but with my students, I want to show them that it's never too late to learn. Um, it's never too late to like to ask questions and even with my students right now the the kids are not learning their language like whether it's Spanish or Cantonese or Mandarin or whatever like they're not choosing to speak their language 
because their friends speak English. And I'm trying to tell the kids, like, you don't want to end up like Miss Nguyen. You don't want to be me and regret, like, not learning the language. So, so for myself and for my students and maybe future family, um, I want to learn more about the Khmer culture. That way I can teach it, you know, and have it live on. And actually with our Khmer dance that we put, I showed it to my students two days ago. Um, and they were super excited. They were like, is that, is that you? Why are you wearing all of those bracelets? And my Khmer student, he's learning from home right now, but his mom said he kept watching it and he loved it so much. And he was like, I think it's empowering for the Khmer kids to see a Khmer teacher and to have a Khmer teacher that's like proud, you know? So I hope that that can make that child like feel proud of himself, you know, and see himself in school. So, so that's my long-winded answer to say, um, yeah, I want to tell my younger self to appreciate your culture and ask questions, especially now that our parents and grandparents are still here, or our grandma's still here, Matt and Bai are still here, our Ming is still here, you know, so I think it's important to learn, and I'm glad that our Ye can see that, that we're trying. I would hate for her to pass away and, like, feel like we never tried, you know? So I think through this podcast and through the Instagram, I think we've been slowly getting there, slowly learning more. Yeah. How about for you, Melissa? Yeah, I mean, I would tell my younger self to um, I have yeah. so many things. Like, first, like, learn about investments because because our mat put money into an investment, like just a small amount, it grew over time and that paid for our education. And also investing in relationships that matter, Ooh. that are valuable. Um, <laughs> that's a big one. Because I am the type that kind of gives people, you know, chances multiple times. And if, if someone doesn't care yeah. about you um, the same way that you do about them, then let that go. Let that mm -hmm. friendship go. Let that relationship go. Because, you know, it should be, you should both be equally trying. Yeah. to make it work and I feel like I'm like such a people person that uh, I give people so many chances and when they take advantage of you they treat you mm -hmm. the wrong way like have more confidence in yourself to know your worth and there was one other thing that I wanted to share oh it's all so I don't know if it's like our Khmer culture but growing up I was really shy and quiet like yeah. so reserved as a girl as and a girl? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yes yeah, yeah, yeah. as a girl but I don't know if you have worked here in the U.S. You know that in the workplaces, people who are outspoken or opinionated, who disagree, are highly appreciated. They're the ones who always gets the raise, who mm -hmm. gets promoted, um, who gets talked about in a positive way, um, because you're seen as being smarter. Because I've been in the corporate world for a long time, like corporate yeah. America. And that's what I've learned. Um, and through leadership classes, through reflection and being a part of Asian American leadership programs, I've learned that it's okay to be an introverted leader. You can be quiet, <laughs> but you can still be oh, a yeah. strong oh. leader. Um, so that's what I've learned is it's okay to be yourself and to challenge that norm, that expectation. Yeah. How yeah. you want to say something? I don't know. It's right in the bull eyes. And I think it's, like, it's how you mentioned about like 
being introverted, being, being, you know, being introverted leaders. And like, also, I think it's a culture here too. the fact that because as Asians, I don't, I don't think we prefer not to, we prefer not to have much problem. So rather than that, we just like, okay, let's move on. You know, it's like, cause been through a tough time and then it's like, oh, well, it's just another problem. Let's why cause another problem. Let's just don't speak about it. And it's like moved on. I mean, with the reasons, well, I mean, like the reasons, you know, Asian hate crimes and all things like that. I think it's also something that's, that's, that's I know, relatable to in a sense that because Asian culture, we kind of like, you know, kind of like we, we I don't think we, we're not big on words, on like speaking out, but we more action, we more people. It's like, you want to do something, I got you. If, you know, if, if, let's say a brother, sister, I got you. I, I may not speak it, I may not show it to you. But you need help. I'll be there for you anytime, anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I think we prove more by actions, less of like really outspoken, yeah. really words. Um, and then, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Agrees on you on that for sure. I think it's a really, it's a, it's a good in the sense that we prove, you know, we we just, we just be there for you. Um, but we may we, we may not speak it out, which could be sometimes could be. Misunderstood, misunderstood, you know, could be like, oh, but you're not speaking out. Aren't you having a problem? Why you don't speak out? And like, you know, it's a whole bunch of other problems could lead into because we're not speaking out. Yeah, I struggle with that too to build that confidence. And yeah, and our parents also, their parenting, they would always say like, like don't cry, don't talk back, and all these things. So it's it's a journey to gain your self confidence, and. Yeah, it's it's hard to get through that that barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So to wrap it up, can you tell us more about what you have going on in your life that you'd like to share with our listeners? Any projects or community efforts that you're a part of that you'd like to share? And then let's go with yeah. <laughs> uh, there's not much going on with my life. Like I just need to go to school and come back. Yep, <laughs> uh, yep that's it. <laughs> No, but that's exciting. Yeah. Keep us updated on your work, like what you find, like what you're involved in in school or after school. Um, but we're excited for you to keep pursuing your education. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. but I want to add something. So like, uh, like due to Cambodia, like there's another lockdown. Oh. So uh, I saw on Facebook, like there are some fundraising, like for okay. people, like for poor people, we have Cambodia people like because some people they don't even like have food like, mm. to eat. Yeah, I saw. Okay. Yeah. Can you send so us I the think, link? Yeah. Can you? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll just send the link. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then we can share and we can support. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what would you like to share? We see that you have your Frame Eleven photography. Yeah. And then you have your Youth Avenue podcast. Oh, so can you tell us ooh, a little bit more? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And fundraising efforts um, too. Right now, the, the, the biggest a... project that I'm working on right now, it's a, a fundraiser. I'm doing a okay. I'm doing local for local. Um, it's a youth-run food drive initiative for the people in needs on the streets. Um, so far, it's been the tenth, about the twelfth day of me running it already, and we raised around fifteen k uh, so far. Whoa. And then uh, we, we have given foods to over a thousand five hundred uh, people on the streets. Uh, including cyclo drivers, um, adult people, security guards, garbage workers, um, mm. and pretty much people on the streets. So what we did was like uh, right now it's every day in the afternoon, which in a few hours, 
there'll be 200 uh, meals giving out to the people on the streets delivered by our own cyclo drivers so they because they live on the street because they sleep on the streets they sleep on the cyclos they've been really kind enough to help with doing foods and then i contact the street vendors uh to cook food for us to cook food for the, the people mm -hmm. so pretty much it's a full circle so the the street vendors are locals the cyclo people you know the the people in needs the street people are locals um all donation proceeds goes to the uh street vendors they the one cooking the foods and then and then cyclo because i'm i'm in lockdown right now so the cyclo people they they've been helping with distribu uh, distributing uh, distributing the foods so it's the fourth day of the uh the giveaway right now and then we're hoping to extend it to like the next week have enough funding to extend it to like a whole full week so every day 200 meals five areas cyclo drivers food vendors everyone mm -hmm. can like this um so it's been going yeah. really strong so far the support has been really amazing um so that's the the, the biggest uh, initiative that i had uh lately wow thanks for coordinating Thank that's amazing Thank that's incredible yeah. thanks for giving back to the community you have so such a big <laughs> so they're so Thank appreciative you. of anything that they could get during this really difficult yeah, time it's been, it's been really difficult time and then because the, the fund yeah because the fund has exceeds the expectation so i'm also allocating the fund to cambodian children funds helping people at stung min Chai. so mm. we hope 260 families with rice with noodles with kits you know with hand sanitizers with masks and then also distributed some fund to the medical waste management um who's the underseen you know superheroes they, they work on the front line gathering all the medical waste um also supporting them supporting people at the garbage area and then the street people uh, as the party um so lately it's been going strong still like i think right now it's for the next you know for the next seven ten days there's going to be 200 people going to have 200 meals every single day wow. yeah. so it's different menu different menu every day too That's so huge. yesterday they have oh fancy yeah, so, yeah yesterday <laughs> options yeah, yesterday uh, the street vendors cooked uh pork stew um the day before they do like morning glory with salam you know salam yeah oh, oh i missed that <laughs> today i think today they're doing something with I'm, I'm not sure what's the menu on today but they're doing something with like soup because cyclo drivers because the, the street people are quite old like sometimes they prefer like with soup and rice um so we gave them sometimes i gave them what they want so with them hoping with this uh, distributing the foods around the city um we also give them some tips you know like oh oh you know like uh because because you help us with giving out food with your kindness we'd like to help you with some cash you know thanks for doing this with i got some donations that proceeds and then we'll just give it to you and then so it's a full circle of locals helping locals um so far it's, it's been maintaining like really well like every day because people are needing it right now the most so i've been trying to do it really consecutive days so it's like seven days straight moving on to another week whole week of free food 200 meals at least something may not be a whole bunch but at least something they get uh, in this tough time they all get like you know a free meal and a water and then everyone's like it's creating lots of happiness and smiles like who doesn't want happiness <laughs> yeah. 
Well, let us know and yes, we can share. Oh, yes. Send us the we can share the fundraising. Yep. Yes, event. send us things and we can share it so that we can support. Yep, for sure. For um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for all that you do for the community. You can't do anything if you're not fed. And mm-hmm. I can't imagine living day by day not knowing what to eat and, yeah, and getting sick and all of that. So, um, wow. So amazing that we connected with you and that we get to learn about how you're helping your communities. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I know we're kind of over time, but do you have any last words that you want to share? Yeah, I had so much fun today and thank you for having me. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I thought I might be like awkward and like hard to no. it, but you guys did well, like lead, like lead me like with the conversation. Thank oh, you. you did great. Thank, thank you. you so much. Wow. <laughs> no, it was, such a, yeah. it was like so easy like to talk to you guys, you know, I feel like We've known known you guys <laughs> yeah. for a while. You know? Maybe. I think that's yeah. beautiful. Like blood. It's more than blood. <laughs> oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll stay in touch. Yeah, we'll I, had, I, had, I had lots of fun too. I had lots of fun. I think I've been, I don't know what's the last one's going to be. I'd say be proud. I think be proud. Um, be, be proud. Be appreciated, especially in this tough time. Be grateful. Be kind. Be kind is a big one. And then be kind. Be appreciated. Be grateful. Be proud. Um, at the same time, take care of your mental health, take care of mm-hmm. what you have, never take things for granted, and then give back and then pay it forward and pay it forward. So it's mm-hmm. it's been a, a tough time, but we're all going to get through this. Yeah, we will. We will. Yep. And we'll come out of it stronger and more appreciative of our yep. <laughs> normal daily lives. Well, Akuntran, thank you, Jandung, and Pao. Um, for being a part of our episode today. We love getting to know you and learn more about your stories. And I think it's special because we don't have many friends or I don't have any friends from Cambodia. We just have our family there. (laughs) Yeah. And I haven't been to Srokmai yet. Hope to visit in the future. And I will definitely stay in touch. I would love to learn more about your work. And Jandung also likes BTS. So (laughs) we'll stay in touch. Maybe we'll see each other someday at a concert or something. But keep pursuing your dreams and your goals. Both of you are so passionate. Keep doing, keep making an impact on other people and figure out what your gift is, like how you can give back to other people. And we're excited to see what's ahead of you. Keep us updated. Um, I don't want this to be just like a, hi, like, nice to meet you. Never talk to you again. <laughs> no, but just reach out to us for anything. If you want to help us support your projects or if you need advice, if you need someone to talk to, maybe in the future we could visit each other at an event or something like that. So please keep in touch. Um, it was yeah, wonderful thanks. getting to meet you. Thank yeah, you get to talk to you more. Thank you. I echo everything that Jasmine said and Yeah, I really want to thank you both for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk with us today and be a part of our podcast. Um, And I want to let you know that we're so grateful for you sharing your voice and your story Mm -hmm. and also supporting our mission to celebrate the diversity of our Khmer people. Listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We also hope that you enjoyed hearing from Paon. Dandung and Pohon Hao and found this conversation to be as interesting 
and meaningful as we did. You know, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. For more content, you can follow us on Instagram at Two American Sisters and check out our website at twocamericansisters.com and you have the opportunity to submit a feature story as well. It's open to our people of color community. All right, until next time, we'll catch you all in the next episode. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.